there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL Schedule Release, presented by Verizon, coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Though it may be known as America's pastime, baseball has spread across the world. Though the MLB is trying to come back, there is still some money to be made overseas, and Greg Peterson is going worldwide to hit a grand slam for your bankroll. From the return of baseball in the States to daily KBO picks, all the bases covered on the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson. So here is the international king of swing. A warm hello and welcome to lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast with myself, Greg Peterson. Got a superb podcast for you as Brendan Golowski does a great job of covering a little bit of everything from the KBO to also the MLB for Baseball Perspectives. He's going to be joining me in the second segment. His favorite team is the KT Wiz, or as I like to call them, the Smiling Blob. So we're going to be talking about them towards the end of the conversation. We're also going to be talking a little bit about the MLB draft and how some of these guys in a condensed 2020 season might actually be seeing the field where things stand with the MLB negotiations as well. So nice little bit of a ranging conversation there in the second segment. In the final segment, going to give you a side in total on every game on today's KBO betting board as we touch them all. First things first, always love to be able to answer your Twitter questions. If you have something that you'd like answered on this podcast, you can fire that into my timeline at GNRSquarty1. If you send these via direct message, aka DM, well, the letters DM to me me does not matter, but if you send them into the timeline, more than happy to give you guys an answer. Did not get in any of those questions today, so now let's take a look back at the six games that we saw on Thursday morning in the KBO. The reason why we've got six is because we had a double dip between the Wyverns and the LG Twins. Tried to find some trends and try to get to know these teams a little bit better. A game from yesterday is Greg buzzing about. Here is the rowdy recap. 
And in that doubleheader, we saw a pair of unders as it was a little bit of an under day out there in the KBO. Four out of the six games went under, and for LG, they were able to take both of these games. In game one, they were able to get a 3-1 to one win, and the man that was the difference maker in this one is the man that's currently leading the KBO in regards to home runs. That'd be one to a bit out of Amos. He winds up going deep in this one. 13th home run of the campaign. He now has 31 RBI. This is a guy that is tearing it up. 375 batting average. And what also is big for LG is their young prospect, Minho Lee. He delivers another great performance. How about this for the 18-year-old that was a first-round pick by the LG Twins in this year's draft? He is now 2-1 with a 1-1-6 ERA. In this game, he gave up one run over the course of seven innings. And Wonder Ricardo Pinto actually did a very good job for the SK Wyverns. He was in a little bit of danger when he got in the sixth inning, but he was able to get out of a bases loaded jam. Six innings, he gives up one run, but bullpen from there cannot hold it down. They wind up going three innings for SK, giving up two runs, including that home run to Roberto Ramos. And in this one, Jihon Cha wound up just really carrying the water for SK. He had three hits for the team and the rest of the team, a combined three hits. So they needed a little bit more outside of him. And then for SK in game two, they were able to get up by a count of three to one going into the bottom of the sixth inning, but they just could not hold that lead. And the Wyverns actually outhit the LG Twins in game two by a count of nine to four, but lost the game by a count of four to three. The reason why is because our good friends, the LG Twins, were able to get two RBI from that man again, Juan Roberto Ramos, as he has just been absolutely on fire. Taehoon Kim gave a, I would call it so-so start for SK. Five and two-thirds innings, giving up three runs, all of which were earned. And then Young Il Jung was the guy that really gave it up. He gave up a home run out of the bullpen that wound up being the difference maker in this one. Sung Woo Lee wound up going yard for the LG Twins, as this is a guy that hit a buck 56 last year. This is his third home run of the year after his last two seasons combined in the KBO. 184 total at-bats. He had zero home runs, so needless to say, we're seeing a little bit of something there, and you have to like what you saw the LG Twins bullpen in this one. After being used in game one a bit, they wind up getting three innings out of the bullpen in game two. They do not give up a single run. They were able to get out of a bases loaded jam as Jamie Romack just continues to not perform the way that he did last year for the SK Wyverns, and that wound up doing them in. The NC Dinos were able to do in the Doosan Bears by getting a big lead in this one. 7-5, the final for NC, as the Dinos were able to get Min G. Lee going. He wound up having three hits in this one. It is absolutely incredible what this team is putting together. For Lee, he is now hitting a 336. This is a 32-year-old that has been able to do a great job out there in the outfield, but what more can be said about Jin Sung Kong? He is hitting a 451 on the year on base of a 515, and this is over the course of 91 at bats. He had 97 at bats last year with the NC Dinos, hit a 247. This guy has come out of absolutely nowhere. Had two home runs last year, eight dingers, and 31 RBI so far this season. He has been absolutely huge for this team. He wound up having a home run in this game as well. And then for Dusan, they were able to get a little bit out of J-L-O. He wound up having two hits and an RBI in this one. He's been doing one of the better jobs that you've been able to find with the Dusan Bears. And for NC, this is a bunch that the bullpen has been a little bit shaky recently. They wind up giving up three runs over the course of four innings. But Mike Wright, he was right on in this one. Five innings, gives up two runs against the Doosan Bears, that is pretty darn solid. And for Doosan, the bullpen was able to do a solid job. Two and a third innings, they don't give up any runs, but Young Ha Lee, who really had his curveball going early, he was just banged around like a pinata, giving up 14 hits in five and two thirds innings. That's what happens when you go up against the NC Dinos. What happens if you're the Hanwha Eagles is the question. 
Answer is you lose games. 5-0 the final, and what's even more remarkable than this now 17-game losing streak for Anwar is how they lost this game. In the first, second, and fourth innings, they got the bases loaded with one out, and in all three instances, they scored as many runs as Greg Peterson. My goodness gracious, that is a skid mark on the underpants of the KBO. And for the Lotte Giants, the top lineup was really able to get the job done in this one. Top five hitters had a combined seven hits in this one, along with three RBI. They did a very good job of being able to draw a couple walks. And this one for the Hanwha Eagles, it was very interesting as Min Jae Young, along with Bum So Kim, they both wound up going two and a third innings as they were sort of like a pseudo opener slash starter combo they wound up both giving up two runs both of which were earned you got to give some credit to the bullpen as the guys from there only gave up one run but a little bit of that was Lotte leaving the bases loaded themselves and Jun won so he all of a sudden has been doing a very good job for Lotte 19 year old he winds up not giving up a single run in this one and if you take a look over his last four starts he gives up a grand total of four runs and over that time span, he has won 23 and two-thirds innings. So he seems to be finding it for the Lotte Giants. And talk about finding it. The Samsung Lions for the second straight day was the biggest underdog to be able to get to the window for you. 6-3 the final as they take down the Kiwo Muros for the Heroes. One day cha. He said cha-cha-cha to raising his ERA. Six earned runs over the course of five innings. Bullpen from there was solid. They wind up giving up no runs over the course of three innings, but Day Woo Kim, he was very solid for Samsung in this one. He goes five innings, gives up one run. Certainly not a guy that's going to give you a whole heck of a lot of length as he has not went past five innings in any of his last 10 start-slash-relief appearances, but he was able to do just enough. The Samsung Lions have been one of the better bullpens out there in the KBO, and they certainly were able to get the job done in this one. They wind up giving up a grand total of two runs over the course of four innings, and what else was big for Samsung was Ja Wu He wound up going yard in this one. He had two hits, two RBI. He certainly got it done. Tyler Saladino, by the way, only one actual at-bat because he was hit by a pitch twice, so... That was a little bit of a weirdy, but you take a look at the Samsung Lions, all of a sudden they've been playing some very good baseball. They've been able to cash you some plus money tickets as this is a team that is now 5-5 five and five in their last 10 games, and in a lot of those games, they have been the underdog. So certainly something of note, and a team that we're going to be talking about a little bit later, the KT Wiz, a.k.a. the Smiling Blobs, used 16 hits to take down the Kia Tigers by a count of 13-8. This is a game in which they were able to bust open towards the middle innings as the Smiling Blobs. Four runs in the third, four runs in the fourth, four runs in the fifth, four for four for four for the Smiling Blobs as they were able to get a whole lot out of one Mel Rojas. He wound up having a three-run home run in this one. He had four hits in five at-bats, and then Beho Kong. How about him? This is someone that was the number one overall pick in the KBO draft during the 2018 campaign. He had three hits. He had been a little bit banged up. Good to see him being able to bust out of that slump. He had a home run, and then Jung Dae Bay. Hey, baby, this guy had two hits and two RBI as well. And then for Kia, you've got Preston Tucker going as well. He wound up having a home run and two RBI. He is still leading the KBO with regards to total RBI. He has nine home runs and 33 RBI on the campaign. Ho Rung Kim has been able to do a good job at the leadoff spot as well. He had three hits himself. And then Jihak Ru, he wound up being able to give the team three hits. So the Kia Tigers were certainly on with that regard. But Kia, who's been one of the better bullpens out there in the KBO, they wind up going four and two-thirds innings to give up five runs, all of which were earned. And Minwoo Lee, who have been doing a very solid job for 
the beginning part of the season, he gets lit up. Eight runs, seven of which were earned over the course of three and a third innings. And then from there, the smiling blobs, well, the bullpen still is not good. They give up five runs over the course of four innings. Their bullpen ERA for the year is north of 7-5. But it was good enough because the offense was able to get ignited. And for the second part of this podcast, we are going to get things ignited as Brendan Golowski does a great job with baseball perspective. He does a great job of looking at all things MLB. He's also been following the KBO a little bit. We're going to be, be talking a little bit more about those smiling blobs. We're going to be talking about the negotiations with the MLB and whether or not we're going to be seeing these Guys that are getting drafted in the MLB draft this week a little bit sooner than normal. That's on the other side, right here on the Baseball Betting Podcast with myself, Craig Peterson. Greg is calling in a pinch hitter from the Overtime Network Hotline. And we are back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast with myself, Greg Peterson. It is great to have on our next guest. This is a man that does a great job with baseball prospectus. He's been around the league for quite a while, and he does a great job of following a little bit of everything. He's based out there in the great city of Seattle, and you can follow him on Twitter at Golowski B. I will spell that last name out for you. G-A-W-L-O-W-S-K-I, as it is Brendan Golowski joining me right here on the podcast. And Brendan, it is great to have you on. How are you today? Doing all right. Thanks for asking. Thanks for having me. Great to have you on. And obviously the hot button of conversation right now, if you're a baseball fan, is what's all going on with regards to the negotiations for an MLP season. It sounds like one way or another, we are going to get a baseball season. Right now, the question is, are we going to get an actual agreement where both sides are happy or are we going to wind up having a very short, like 48, 50 or so game season? That winds up getting rammed down the throats of the players. And I think this is so interesting because I know that the players actually have quite a bit of control when it comes to an expanded postseason. They do. That's a particular piece of leverage that uh, they're going to need to wisely deploy. Sounds like they want to play as many games as possible. They obviously want to get as much money as they can. The real point of contention that they have with, uh, with ownership right now is just that they're not getting what they felt was agreed to back in March in terms of how much of their prorated salary that they're entitled to in a season without fans. But the league does need sign-off from the players if they are going to expand the postseason field, the league is very interested in that. So the ongoing discussion is at times frustrating, but certainly a lot of variables in play. Yep, there certainly is. This has been a very messy point of contention, to say the least. And it's not the only thing as well. We're all focused on the money right now, but... I know that there's still a lot of other logistical things that need to be figured out as well. Are you going to have the normal divisions? Are you going to wind up having a universal designated hitter? If there is maybe a shutdown in one state, what happens with those home games? I think that there's a lot that needs to be discussed. So while the money is obviously first and foremost, that needs to be hammered out before anything else. There's still a long ways to go with regards to the negotiations when it comes to the other things that go along with an MOB season as well. Absolutely. And I think we're underselling the likelihood that the season will get either canceled entirely or at least postponed in part by a COVID outbreak. And we're seeing outbreaks in certain states, including states with MLB teams, places where they'd be looking to have games. As that outbreak expands, I think you've got the potential for a significant disruption to the season no matter when you start it. Oh, I am right there with you as we do have Brendan Galowski joining me right here on the podcast. And Brendan, I know that while the MLB season is yet to get going, we have seen some Games being played out there in the Far East, obviously the KBO and the CPBL are off and running. The Japanese League wound up having their season postponed, but they're right now playing preseason games as well. I know that they actually had one of the MVPs of the Central League wound up getting COVID-19, and yet they've been able to trudge on with regards to their preseason games. 
Do you think that there's anything that the MLB could take away from these other organizations like the KBO, CPBL, what have you, with regards to being able to get the season booted up, even though they are in a little bit of different countries? Yeah, the big thing is just that you got a, such a different societal response in South Korea and Japan. And South Korea, in a lot of ways, has been the model for how quickly they were able to develop widespread testing, implement best practices for keeping safe, developing a strong contact tracing system. And that enabled them to nip this in the bud fairly quickly and respond to subsequent outbreaks with the amount of alacrity that you need to be able to keep something like a baseball season going. To an extent, there's not really all that much to be learned from that from MLB's perspective, because to a certain extent, that's just a, a function of how that society operates and how our government responded to the, to the pandemic in its initial stages. There are a couple of player safety protocols that I think MLB would be wise to adopt as well, and they could use the Korean League as a model. The testing that they do in Korea is very significant. Everybody is tested on their way in. They're tested and temperature checked. All player personnel must go through these separate entrances and exits, and every effort is made to limit their exposure to as few of people as possible. There's a moral dimension to this as it relates to MLB and making sure that you know a test used on a baseball player is not test taken away from somebody who might be sick. And that's an advantage that South Korea has where they do have a reliable and robust testing system. But beyond that, making sure every effort is made to, to keep the players safe, to keep anybody that comes into contact with them safe is going to be instrumental. I would add on to that also that some of the protocols that those leagues have tried to establish with regard to avoiding high fives or avoiding spitting, those have not really taken off. And it's not so much of a problem if everybody's healthy. But I think realistically, there might be a little bit of a heavier lift in getting a widespread change of behavior there than it might initially seem. Yeah, no doubt. It's hard to really control some of the human emotion things like Sometimes it's just out of habit to give out a couple high fives to just spit out something. So there certainly is going to be that element to deal with. But one thing that I also find very interesting is that even though we are in a labor dispute right now with the MLB, as we know, the MLB draft is going on. We saw on Wednesday evening, the first round was taking place. Heck, as we're doing this podcast right now. The rounds two through five are going to be taking place. Typically, with these guys, they have been coming up a little bit faster in the minor leagues with leagues like the SEC and some of these other higher levels of college baseball being a little bit more advanced than they've been in the past. But I do think that an element that we might be looking at is with there really being no minor league baseball this year, perhaps some of these guys that we saw in the first round get taken might be able to play in the major leagues at some point during a condensed 2020 season because you've got to think that the rosters are going to be expanded. And I think that this is something that is something that we just really haven't seen before with regards to how these minor league guys, these guys that get drafted the next couple of days, are brought along. Yeah, absolutely. It's an interesting dynamic. It's not unheard of for players to go from college to the major leagues right away. It hasn't happened much lately. I think the last player to go directly was Mike Leake, and that was back in 2008. It happens occasionally. A couple of relievers have been fast-tracked fairly quickly, Brandon Finnegan being a notable one back in 2015, I want to say. A little bit of a different dynamic this year when you have the expanded rosters, and as you mentioned, without a minor league season, there might be a willingness on the part of teams to get these guys into the only games that are going to really be going on. If you're talking about the types of players that are going to play, you need to look for a couple of things. One is that the team would be competitive. I don't think you're going to see the Baltimore Orioles or the Detroit Tigers or Miami Marlins rush anybody, both for cost reasons and then also just if there's any element of a risk of exposing a player to too high of a level too quickly and possibly hurting his confidence there, I don't think they're going to want to take any chances there unless there's a good competitive reason to balance against that risk. 
So what you're looking for are probably contending teams that have college pitching. And I don't want to say that there isn't a hitter that would be ready to step in, but I think just by the nature of how hard some of these college pitchers throw that you can fairly safely plug them into at least a bullpen role and just kind of turn them loose in shorter stints and probably still be putting them in a position to, you know, if not be great to at least learn some things and to succeed in a limited role. It certainly is going to be fascinating to watch this as we do have Brendan Golowski joining me on the podcast. And Brendan, I know that you are a big KT Wiz fan. I thought that that was very interesting as I call their I call the KT Wiz the smiling blobs just because their mascot is so random and they're very, very happy. I love the team personally, but man, they've been in a little bit of a rough stretch heading into yesterday's game as they were losers of nine of their last 11, but they wound up pounding the Kia Tigers on Friday morning. They're going to be taking on the Samsung Lions, and Audrey Sever Despagne is going to be taking them out. This is a guy that over his last two starts, it has not been good, but by and large, he is a guy that I think should be able to dominate in the KBL. What have you seen with the KT Wiz? Because we do know that this is a team that they're able to put runs up in a hurry. We saw that in the morning against Kia. But with that said, we also know that the bullpen, well, it's not been good. No, no, it really hasn't. I, there's part of me that wishes I had been a NC Dinos fan. <laughs> me too. Yeah, absolutely. Are you a KT Wiz fan as well? I am on the KT Wiz just because I love their mascot so much. I make fun of them because their mascot looks like the big giant like robot guy from Big Hero yeah. 6. So I, it really is. That's why I'm hooked on them. They are a fun team to watch. They do not have enough pitching. And part of the, part of the problem is that one of their two foreign-born starters, William Cuevas, has been off to a really, really rough start. And now he's hurting out for about a month. They're kind of in a situation where they need to win games 9-7 to seven a lot. And then... A couple of their better hitters, including Kung Bak Ho, a 22-year-old first baseman who's already one of the better hitters in the league and might be a major leaguer in a few years here, was on the shelf for a little while. As far as Odrissimer goes, it's been fun to see a couple of recognizable names, and he is he's pretty good for the level. He got roughed up against Doosan a couple starts ago, but for the most part, he's able to really limit hard contact. His strikeout rate's pretty good for the league. His FIP is outperforming his ERA pretty significantly right now, so I'm pretty confident in him as one of the better pitchers in the league. And so, you know, I just hope that the injuries haven't buried them a little bit too far back in the standings because I think that's a team, when they get everybody healthy again, uh, on talent is probably one of the five or six best teams in the league. They've just been too banged up to be all that competitive in the early going so far. I agree with you. And if they can find just anything, I mean anything in the bullpen whatsoever, they'll actually be yeah. in very decent shape. And Brandon, is there anything else that you're looking for with regards to an MLB or perhaps a worldwide baseball perspective in general? Because I know that these are very strange times. As we know, MLB draft is going on right now, but we don't know when slash if we're going to get an MLB season. We've obviously got some baseball in the Far East. And something that I actually have my eye on is some of these guys that are playing in the KBO, the Japanese League. I think that they could be coming over to the States sooner than they typically would. A guy like a Roberto Ramos being able to bust out with LG. Let's face it, there's not a lot of players that are playing baseball right now. And I think that an MLB team, whether it be for 2020 or a little bit later, might take a look at that and say, hey, this guy's tearing it up. Why not give him a shot? Absolutely. And this has been a really good time to have a good year in the KBO because you've got the world's attention for two months as the highest level going. And so you mentioned Roberto Ramos. I think you're spot on. He's been destroying the league, frankly. He hits a homer pretty much every other game. He's done himself a lot of favors if he's using a stint in the KBO as a way to angle himself back over to a major league team, possibly even get a small major league deal. 
think another player that you could say something similar about is uh, Chris Flexen, one of Doosan's starters. He was in the Mets organization, and he made a couple of starts for their organization. He's a little bit younger, a little bit more renowned from a prospect perspective than your typical KBO player who is generally a little bit older, more of a quad A dropout. And Flexen's a guy that I think, if he can show that either he's changed his curveball a little bit or is throwing a little bit more strikes than he was with the Mets, because he's succeeding right now, and as long as he stays healthy, he's going to put up pretty good numbers in the KBO. But if he can point to how he was able to change his skill set even slightly, then I think he's going to be a compelling name for teams to look at in the next couple of years. On the Korean side, one of the players for NC, his name's Na Sung-bum, corner outfield type, he was planning on getting posted last year and then dreaded his knee sliding into third base. He's back and he's hitting really well. He doesn't have quite as many homers as Ramos, but I believe he's second in the league at this point. He's got a lot of power. There may be a little bit too much swing and miss for it to work in the major leagues. But in the same way that Lee Dae-ho, Kim Hyun-soo, and Wang Jae-yoon came over in the last couple of years to give it a shot, I think he's a candidate for at least an audition in spring training if he wants to come over. And speaking of the NC Dinos, Chen Moku has been the top player in the KBO with regards to a pitching aspect. He's going to be going Friday morning 5-0 with a 0.66 ERA. you got to think that he's positioning himself very well for perhaps a baseball career as well. And a man that has done a very great job of covering baseball for a very long time. That'd be you, Brandon. I would like to close it up with this. Let the good people at home know where they're able to follow you on social media and get a little bit more of your work and just what you're doing in general right now. Yeah, thank you. I'm at Galowski B on Twitter. And so that's G-A-W-L-O-W-S-K-I-B. I've been writing a baseball prospectus this spring and summer, and I plan to continue covering the KBO for as long as it goes. That's awesome. It certainly is a league that I've been getting into myself. A little bit more unpredictable than the MLB, but that's what makes it so fun. And Brendan has been doing a great job of covering a little bit of everything from the KBO to the MLB negotiations and so much more. So big thanks to Brendan Kowalski for joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Podcast. And coming up next, I do give you a side of total on every game on today's KBO betting board as we touch them all. Welcome back to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson as we're off to a quality start. And now it's time to walk it off in a grand fashion. And we are back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast with myself, Greg Peterson. Big thanks to Brennan Golowski of Baseball Perspectives for joining me in the last segment. Now it is that time of the podcast in which I give you a side in total on every game on today's KBO betting board as we touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Do note that any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at GRSQuarty1. I always throw in there this disclaimer, unlike with MLB betting, unless if you are betting at Pinnacle, you are going with the team and the team only. So let's say in the Kia Tigers and the SK Wyverns game, you have Drew Gagion pitching for Kia, which is right now the projected starter, and instead you get Drew, the guy from State Farm, because for some reason he was able to go through the 14-day quarantine without us knowing it. He all of a sudden got signed by the Kia Tigers, and Drew Gagion wound up going on the roller coaster and breaks every bone in his body. Well, you're stuck with Drew from State Farm. So we do always want to throw in there that, and we always do want to throw in there your sort of end-the-world thing. One of those things where it's like, and the Loch Ness Monster has come in to start for the Kia Tigers. But with that said, we are going to be going in Las Vegas rotation order as per usual. And this begins with 304-641, 304-642. Those aforementioned Kia Tigers 
going to be hitting the road, and they are going to be facing off against the SK Wyverns. If you're taking a look at the Wyverns, going to be getting anywhere between plus 130 and plus 135. The Tigers are anywhere between minus 150 and minus 155. Your total on this game, it is hovering a little bit. You're going to be finding anywhere between 8.5 and, and 9. On the 8.5, over is just anywhere between minus 110 and minus 120. Under is anywhere between even and minus 110. If you're looking at the 9, the over is just of even, and the under is minus 120. Your pitching matchup for this one is going to be one Mr. Drew Gagnon going for the Kia Tigers, and then on the other end, it is going to be Jungwoo Park going for the SK Wyverns, and Mr. Park has been very solid for the SK Wyverns so far this year. 344 ERA, 3-0 record. This is not a guy that is going to light up the radar gun, but he does a good job of being able to get strikeouts because he does have a little bit of an awkward arm slot, so there is that that is going for him as he's been able to get 34 strikeouts over the course of 34 innings, and he's also a guy that he's going to give up a couple runs, but he's not going to give up a ton. He has given up at least two runs in every one of his starts so far this year, but he's given up more than three just once as well. So it feels like if there is a little bit of consistency out there in the KBO, Jungwoo Park has been able to provide it. Meanwhile, with Mr. Drew Gagione, he has been a little bit all over the place. Over his last two starts, it has been very hit or miss. In one start, he wound up giving up five runs, all of which were earned over the course of four innings against the LG Twins. And then against the Doosan Bears, six and a third innings. He was on the hook for giving up three runs, but only one of those were earned. And then with Gagione, what else he's done a good job of? He has issued two walks or fewer in all but one of his starts. So He's been able to do a solid job of being able to keep the game out in front of him. I do fear that Kia, because they did wind up having to go into their bullpen quite a bit yesterday, they might be a little bit gassed. And the same is going for the SK Wyverns, because they did have to play that double dip yesterday. So both these bullpens might be a little bit on the lesser side. And I will say this for the Wyverns. I do expect Jamie Romack at some point to be able to pick it up. This is someone that had 29 home runs in the KBL last year. So far this year, he's been hitting more in the neighborhood of about a 275. So he has seen a little bit of a dip there. And for the Kia Tigers, they certainly do have a guy that's doing a great job of being able to drive in runs. That'd be Preston Tucker. He leads the KBO when it comes to RBI. And then when you take a look at what you've been able to get out of the leadoff spot, it has been very good for the team as Ho-Rung Kim. He has come in and over the last, I would say, week and a half or so, has hit a 419. He's already got two leadoff home runs so far this year. He provides some good wheels, so you certainly do have to like to see that. And for the Kia Tigers, you've got a couple guys on this roster that they have been able to find that fountain of youth. G1 Na hit below the Mendoza line last year. He's up there in years. He's right around 35-36. He, this year, is hitting above a 300. You've got to love to see that. I do think that this is going to be a little bit of a hit parade, but I do think that Gagion gets hit in this one. I don't have a lot of faith in the Kia Tigers bullpen. It seems to be regressing a little bit. And Preston Tucker seems to be regressing a little bit as well. You're either going to get three hits and three RBI out of him, or he's going to have an 0 for game. So, I do think that SK is going to be able to get the job done, and I think that Park is going to be able to deliver a quality start for SK, but I do think that the bullpens, both of them, are going to give up some runs. So, we're taking this total over, and we are going to be taking the plus price here with the SK Wyverns. We move on to the top team out there in the KBO, the NC Dinos, and they are going to be playing us to the Heroes of Kiwoom. This is game number 304-643, 304-644 on the betting board. If you're looking at the Kiwoom Heroes, well, congratulations. You are going to be getting a plus price here. Anywhere between plus 225, and I'm seeing a plus 250 out there with the Dinos. You might be laying as much as $3 on this game. I'm seeing the lowest at minus 265 right now, so certainly is a juicy game. Your total on this game, it is 10.5. The over is just anywhere between minus 110 and minus 120, and the under is anywhere between even and minus 110. Your pitching matchup in this one for the NC Dinos, Cheng Muku, and it is going to be Sungo Lee 
Lee going for the Kiwu Miros. And Mr. Lee has been a little bit so-so for the Kiwu Miros, and I think that that's putting it very politely. This is a kid that's 21 years old. He was 8-5 last year, but he had a 4.48 ERA. And really, what's been the kryptonite for him for the 2020 campaign is the fact that he has issued 15 walks over the course of 28 innings, 14 regular walks, and one hit batsman, and he has also given up five home runs. That doesn't necessarily lend itself well to the NC Dinos, but I will say this. He has seen the NC Dinos once before, and when he took on the Dinos, he wound up giving up four runs over the course of six innings. I do think that seeing them a second time is going to be very beneficial. And then with Cheng Muku, he has been just absolutely mowing people down. He has been the top pitcher out there in the KBO. 0.66 ERA. His off-speed stuff has been superb. 5-0 record. He has not given up a single home run over the course of 41 innings. 44 punch-outs. 9 walks. I mean, it is absolutely incredible. You gotta think that there's some regression coming in. And for the Kiwoom Heroes, at some point, Byungo Park is going to be able to bust out. This is a guy that's hitting right around the Mendoza line. But this is someone that, during the 2019 season, led the KBO with regards to total home runs. So, I do think that at some point, he is going to be able to pick it up. And speaking of guys that have been able to do a good job of picking up, Dung Wan Park. He has been hitting a 346 so far this year. Seven home runs, 28 RBI. He's one of the best hitting catchers out there in the KBO. Yuji Yang is going to have something to say about that for NC. He's been hitting above 300. Aaron Altair has been able to pick it up. I mean, one through nine. The NC Dinos are the most impressive team that you're going to find out there in the KBO when it comes to a lineup. Sung Bum Na, who our good buddy Brandon was talking about a little bit earlier. He has been able to do a very good job, but I do like what I'm seeing a little bit more from the top of the lineup as well. You've got someone like a Kun Chang So, who's been hitting just below a 300. Got off to a little bit of a rough start, but he's all of a sudden got four home runs. Last two years combined, he had two home runs. He provides some good wheels. I do like that. I think that this is going to be a little bit of a lower scoring game. I think that Lee, having faced NC already this year, he's seen them once. I think that he's going to be able to have a very good performance in this one. And I do think that getting Taylor Motter out of the fold was big for Kiwoom. I think that they're in a bounce back spot after losing their last two against Samsung. And if there is one kryptonite with the NC Dinos, it is the middle of the bullpen. I think that Ku is doing for some regression. I think he gives up like three runs over the course of six. I think that Kiwoom is able to get something like a 6-4 win in this one. So we're going to be taking this total under and we're going to be taking the massive plus price here with the Kiwoom Euros. 304-645, 304-646 might be the best pitching matchup that we're going to see in the KBO for Friday morning as it is going to be the Lotte Giants and they are going to be hitting the road to face off against the LG Twins. It is going to be Tyler Wilson going for the Twins and it is going to be action Dan Straley taking the mound for the Lotte Giants. And if you're looking at the Lotte Giants, you're going to be getting a plus price here. It's anywhere between plus 120 and plus 130. With the Twins, you're laying anywhere between minus 140 and minus 150. Your total on this game, since it is the best out there in the KBO, it is 8.5. Your over has juice of even. The under has juice of minus 120. And this is a spot in which I do think that we are going to be able to see Lotte get the job done. They certainly have been doing a much better job with power over the last seven days. Day Holy, he's hitting above a 300. He's been able to go yard a couple times, so I do like what I'm seeing out of him. And then if you're taking a look at some of the other hitters for Lotte, I think that the antidote that they needed is exactly what they got. A series against Anwa because they are absolutely terrible. 
All of a sudden, the top lineup has been able to do a very solid job for this team. Asap Sun is now hitting a 333. Dixon Machado was struggling very badly going into this series against the Hanwha Eagles. He wound up getting a combined six hits in this series. I mean, I think that he had like 10 hits over his last like 20 games prior to this. I mean, it was absolutely incredible. So Dixon Machado all of a sudden is looking like the Dixon Machado of old. And then Yonsuk Oh, this is a guy that I'm keeping my eye on. He had a 222 last year, buck 67 the year before. All of a sudden, in limited action, he's hitting a 400. This is a guy that's a little bit younger when it comes to his KBO career. He wound up beginning it in 2015, was away from the KBO for a few years. He's been able to come back and he's having himself a very nice year. And then if you take a look at the other side for LG, you've obviously got Roberto Ramos. This is a guy that's hitting with 13 home runs over 30 RBI. He is the top hitter in the KBO with that regard. Hunsu Kim, he has been able to do a very solid job as well. They call him the hitting machine over there, and that's because he's hitting a 369. He's got three home runs. He's been able to pick it up a little bit lately, but the big question I have is whether or not we're going to see some regression with some of the older bats. Someone like a Young Sun Che or a Young Tick Park with Park. This is the oldest player in the KBO. He's 41 years old. He's hitting a 300. You got to think that at some point regression is going to set in. He's had a combined one home run over the team's last two years. And then the bottom of the lineup for the LG Twins is still a little bit of a question mark. Guys like G1O, who I believe wound up leaving the game yesterday due to injury, or it's technically this morning. I'm always going to get that thing confused because I still have a tough time adjusting to 2.30 a.m. Pacific time. But with that said, you don't know what you're going to get out of him. Kunnam Yu, he is hitting a 280 at the 8 spot, but I do think that this is going to wind up drying up a little bit. I do think that this is a very good spot for Dan Sorelli, a guy that has had a little bit of a walks issue, but he always just does a very good job of keeping the game out in front of him. With Straley, this is a guy that on the year, the record doesn't indicate how well he's pitched. 1-2 record, 223 ERA, and he's done a good job keeping the ball in the yard. He's only given up two home runs over the course of 40 and a third inning. The 15 walks are a little bit high, but you take a look at what he's done over his last couple starts. A combined one walk in 12 innings over the course of two starts. He's been doing a great job with his off-speed pitches. And meanwhile, Tyler Wilson, he is a guy that is a very solid pitcher. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. But he does show a couple warts as well because this is someone that he is prone to giving up a couple free passes himself. He's been doing a better job of this recently. I do think that this is going to be a little bit of a horse apiece situation. But I do think that the small ball of Lote winds up winning out in this one because I think that Zan Straley is going to keep the ball in the yard. And for that reason, we are going to be going with this total under and we are going to be going with the plus price with the Giants of Lote. I guess you could say, I like it, a Lote. And we are going to be moving on to what has become all of a sudden the free space out there, the KBO. 304-647-304-648. The free space on the KBO bingo board is the Hanwha Eagles as they are going to be playing most of the Doosan Bears. The Bears are fighting themselves as a very, very heavy favorite. I am seeing at its lowest minus 245 for the Bears. If you find a book that has bad juice, you might be laying as much as $3. And that makes the Hanwha Eagles a very, very hefty to underdog. Anywhere between plus 210 and plus 230. Your total on this game, you're going to be finding it at most books at 10.5. And, and the 10.5 juice is with the over at minus 120 and the under is even. Seeing an 11 out there as well and you just flip it for that. With the 11 over is juice of even and the under as juice of minus 120. For the Doosan Bears, they are going to be trotting out there a little bit of a less than reliable arm in Woon Jun Cha, and it is going to be Chad Bell that's going to be going 
home for Anwa. Chad Bell was supposed to be a very good pitcher for Anwa. 350 ERA last year, 11-10 record. Always had a little bit of an issue with regards to walks. He wound up issuing 73 walks when you combine the regular walks and the hits batsman over the course of 177 and third innings. How about this? Through 11 innings and three starts so far this year, it has been just absolutely hellacious. He has given up 10 walks, 3 home runs, 14 hits. He's got an ERA of a 9. Last time out against the NC Dinos, 4 innings. Gives up 7 runs, all of which were earned. 3 home runs. I mean, Chad Bell should be called Chad Pinata because he got just hit around left, right, and sideways, and that has been this entire Hanwha team. They wound up having to go way deep into their bullpen a couple days ago against the Lotte Giants. They wound up having to do so once again Thursday morning. It has not been good. Meanwhile, one Jun Cha, he's been saying cha-cha-cha to raising his ERA from last year. Last year, he actually had a 265 ERA. He was used more as a reliever. This year, he has been a little bit more of a reliever, so you got to think that this might be a little bit of a bullpen game, but this is going to be his first start of the year after he saw three starts last year, so got to think that he's going to be able to give at least a couple of innings for Dusan, and with Dusan, I will say that the bullpen has been a little bit better, but when you take a look at Mr. Cha, this is someone that he has been doing a little bit of a less than stellar job of being able to keep guys on base because he wound up giving up 20 walks over the course of 54 and a third innings last year. He's been doing a better job this year, but he's also given up four home runs. Brom Franois, they are currently dead last in the KBO when it comes to home runs. Jared Hoying, he has been a hot mess. He's hitting below a 235 for this team. He has right now got like four home runs. I mean, it is just an absolute like laughing stock of a team for Hanwha. They have lost 17 straight games. If they lose on Friday morning, they will tie the record for most consecutive losses with the Sammy Superstars of 1985 out there in the KBO. And with Anwa, they wound up having to demote 10 players on their last off day down to the minors. So you've got a sight unseen team. Hanmin Joe, he's really been the bright spot for this team. He's given the team, like in 13 plate appearances, a batting average of 300. I do think that because Dusan is going with the bullpen game, you are going to see a couple runs for Manwa, but I just think that this is a position in which Chad Bell, he's really got his hands full because with Dusan, you've got so many of these guys are hitting so well. JLO hitting just below 350 for the team. He was able to hit a couple home runs in that series against NC. Jose Miguel Fernandez, he's still hitting above a 400 for this bunch. He has certainly gotten things going. You've had a couple injuries with Dusan, and it seems like these guys are coming back. Someone like a Juwon Cha is hitting a 260, and he doesn't even play every day. Min Suk Won, I do think that he's going to see a couple plate appearances. I like what he's able to bring to the table. List of guys that are able to rake for this team goes on and on. I think that this is going to be a spot in which Hanwha is finally going to be able to score some runs because keep in mind, they had the bases loaded three times in four innings against the Lotte Giants Thursday morning. They got zero runs in that one. You gotta think that they're gonna cash in one or two of these signs. And with that said, I could see Doosan putting up a touchdown and a field goal all by themselves. So we're gonna be taking the Doosan run line, which is really varying. I mean, if you're out there on the east part of America, you're gonna be finding more around minus 155 and minus 160. If you're looking offshore at a site like five dimes, you might find as high as minus 220. So you're seeing like 65 to 70 cents of variance right now, but 
much. I am on the Doosan run line. I wound up getting minus 165 personally, and we're going to be taking this game over as well. And we wrap things up with 304, 649, 304, 650. The Samsung Lions are going to be playing host to the KT Wiz, or as we always like to call them on this podcast, the Smiling Blobs. And the Blobs are going to be trotting out there. Orisemidus! And it's going to be Sung Min Lee that is going to be taking the mound for the Samsung Lions. And the Lions are finding themselves a very hefty underdog in this spot. With the Lions, you're going to be getting a plus price anywhere between plus 175 and plus 180. Meanwhile, with the Smiling Blobs, you're going to be laying anywhere between minus 210 and minus 220. Your total on this game is anywhere between 10 and a half and 11. If you're looking at the 10 and a half, overs juice anywhere between minus 117 and minus 120. Unders anywhere between minus 103 and even. If you're looking at the 11, over juice of minus 115. Under is minus 105. And for the Smiling Blobs, Audrey Semmer Despagne over the team's last two starts is not been good. He's given up a grand total of 14 runs, all of which were earned. In his previous four starts, he gave up eight runs. I do think that we're going to see the better Despagne with KT having to use up their bullpen quite a bit in that series against Kia. They're going to need a good start, and Despagne is able to give you 110 plus pitches, so that is going to be very big. Meanwhile, with Sung Min Lee, this is sight unseen for Samsung. They've done this a couple times, and they've actually had a little bit of success, and I will say this. For the Samsung bullpen, if they have to go to it immediately, they have been very good out of the bullpen. They're in the top three in the KBO with regards to bullpen ERA, but with Lee, he was a fourth-round selection in the 2020 draft, so up-and-coming prospect. You gotta think that he's not gonna be too long for this game. He doesn't necessarily throw gas, but he actually does have a good selection with a slider and a curveball, so... I do think that he could actually keep the Smiling Blobs a little bit off balance for a few innings before the Smiling Blobs wind up figuring him out. And then you've got a bunch of guys when it comes to the Smiling Blobs that are really raking. How about Mel Rojas? He was a guy that was in a little bit of a funk going into the team's game. I guess you could call it Thursday morning. He wound up having a home run in that one. This is a guy that's hitting above a 380. He certainly has been able to get the job done. And then what else is big is the fact that you now are getting a lot of the middle of the lineup bats back for the good old smiling blobs. Seng Chao Moon has been pressed into action a little bit more. He's hitting right around 270. Wu Jun Sim has really faltered a little bit when it comes to the top lineup. But Jung Dae Bae, Hey, baby, this guy is hitting a 359, and he's been able to give the team 17 RBI. He had a career 11 RBI coming into this year. Young guy that's starting to come into his own. And then Bayo Kong is the guy that you really want to note. He was the number one overall pick in the KBO draft for 2018, hitting a 333 so far this year. In his first couple games back, he was struggling, but Thursday morning against Kia, he was able to bust out of his funk, three hits and a home run. That is what you like to see. And then for Samsung, Tyler Saladino, he wound up getting hit by a pitch twice. Twice in the team's game Thursday morning. So you have to wonder if he's going to be firing all cylinders. With Samsung, this is not a team that is necessarily going to provide you with a whole bunch of home runs, but you do have some guys that are doing a little bit of a better job of getting on base. They had a little bit of a rough go of it early on in the year with guys like Hakju Lee hitting below the Mendoza line, but he's been able to raise that average a little bit. Saladino, talk about guys that were below the Mendoza line to begin the year. He was right there, but he, now he's hitting a 270. John Wuku is hitting a 367. I do like what he's able to bring to the table, but you've got guys like Chando Park and guys that are at the bottom of the lineup that just don't necessarily cut it. I do think that KT is going to get a superb start out of Mr. Despagne. I think that they should be able to get the job done in this one. So we are going to be taking a look at the Smiling Blobs on the run line. This one is varying a little bit as well. Anywhere between minus 130 and minus 145, but we're going to take it. And I do think that Samsung is going to be able to get enough out of their young starter to be able to piecemeal together a couple innings. I think that the bullpen is going to keep this one close-ish, and I think that they're going to keep the Blobs to below 
blow a touchdown and an extra point. So we're going to be taking the under along with the smiling blobs on the run line. And that will wrap things up for the Baseball Betting Podcast on this lovely Thursday afternoon slash Friday morning. A big thanks to Brendan Golowski of Baseball Perspectives for joining me in the last segment. And if you like what you're hearing from this fine podcast, you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. And if you ever have a question for the podcast, write it in by timeline at Jaren's 41. Hopefully you're all safe, healthy, and doing well. I'll talk to you guys once again tomorrow. Thank you.